We are back for another season pre-free agency and pre-NFL Combine edition about them Cowboys here at The Athletic. And with the NFL season officially over and the former Crosstown rivals taking home the Super Bowl, uh, the time is now for the Dallas Cowboys to capitalize on this current crop of players. And we're going to go through some potential signings, some potential uh, leavings as well on this episode. So welcome back in to your go-to podcast for all things Cowboys. I am Kent Garrison, the Oscar Isaac of the podcast, as I'm joined by literally the best of the best in the business when it comes to covering all things about that team known as America's team. And remember, you can get all their great work on a daily basis over at The Athletic, and you can secure your subscription good through February of 2021 right now at theathletic.com slash about them cowboys for 40% off. And that rounds out to about $2.99 a month, $2.99 a month for the best sports coverage you'll get anywhere. And I will take that to my grave. So get on it now. Go to theathletic.com slash about them cowboys and sign up. So now we're welcoming in our panel and He's back to covering this team 24-7, but taking short breaks to dig into the Oscar-nominated films of the past year. He's the Oscar Wilde of the podcast. It's Father John Mashoda. Howdy, John. I did not think that I was going to be in on Parasite, but you you were right. It's a great ah, movie. Good stuff, man. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you took the time. Glad you took the time, and you know, sometimes you got to trust me on these things, you know? I'll never just, lead you astray, it, Father John. When it started out all subtitles, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this whole thing. <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm a pretty yeah. lazy movie watcher. And then it just kept getting better and better. And I was like, I can't. I'm not turning this off. I have to watch this. Yeah, time. you got to see it how it great. ends. And ooh, does it end? And he's back as a host for us, but he's going to be dominating the airwaves here locally in Dallas for 97.1 The Eagle very, very soon. Actually, next week. Uh, he was the Oscar Robertson of the podcast because he's my number one overall pick. It's Kevin KT Turner. Howdy, KT. Hey, thank you very much, Ken. I appreciate it. Um, I, I really don't know. like Because if you look at the history of number one picks, and there's a lot of guys who have flamed out. So I'll try not to be like a David Carr situation, right? Well, so if you, if, I had to pick an Oscar. So which other Oscar would you prefer? There are no football Oscars, are there? That's kind of I, I don't think so. Oscar the Grouch. Oscar... Of- Oscar Pistorius. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, his post Olympic career was not great. Um, Oscar the Grouch is interesting. Always mad. Um, you know, one of my close family friends, Oscar Garcia. So shout out to him. Um, <laughs> oh, not not a lot of Oscars. What you find out, you know, not a lot of football Oscars. Um, nope. So today, there's a lot. There's a lot to get to. I, I don't know. Uh, Kent, you had, you had really the best idea, which of course you're the producer of the damn thing. So, but you had really the best idea when you're like, "Hey, man, we don't really have a roster right now." Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> when you look at all the free agents, and we should just go through and like power rank them in terms of. Are you, are you looking for it to, in terms of importance? Because that's what I did. How important it is that they remain on the team? Right. I, I assume the Cowboys make some kind of similar list. You know, uh, every year of yeah. Here's our priorities. Here's the guys we'd like to have. Here's the guys we're 
definitely not going to be able to keep. And here's the guys that are that are gone. And so I've I've ranked them in order of priority. Yeah, these are the guys we need starting at at number one, and then number twenty five would be the sorry not sorry. Well, thanks for everything. We'll see you later type guys. Yeah, no, and I think they've probably been having these conversations for a while now, probably been having them with Mike McCarthy, probably a reason a lot of their coaching staff didn't go out to Mobile, Alabama, because, you know, as soon as that coaching staff was all kind of aligned and taken care of, pretty immediately you go, oh, boy, we have a lot of work to do here. We Not only do we miss the playoffs, we've still got to keep this roster intact. And so I guess I'll start by asking you guys, at the top of your list, number one is Dak Prescott, the most important free agent that the Cowboys retain. He's number one on my list, yes. What about you, John? Dak Prescott, number one on your list? Yes, he is number one for me. And I'm not going to lie, the pro like football no reference. famous Oscars. Oscar De La Hoya. Okay. All right, I'm done. Oscar Meyer. Oscar De La Ooh, okay. I think we all love hot dogs. <laughs> was that an actual guy, Oscar Meyer? Was it a, I, just the name of a company? Oh, sure had to be. It's got to be one of the most famous yeah, Oscars. Be, so. right? Dude, anytime you could name yourself, like you have your name and then you start a business and then <laughs> for decades, if not centuries, people think of you as a hot dog wiener for all those years. Like, that's pretty good. I wish I were like, an Oscar Meyer. They, or, you know, they, they could have think of you as just a regular Frank. You know, they think of you as an Oscar Meyer. Uh, so, yeah, Dak number one. I guess we, it's very very obvious that Dak would be the most important free agent. Are you, John, surprised at kind of how it's starting to kind of play out in the media just a little bit with little small comments back and forth and what appears to be a delicate situation where the Cowboys could franchise tag him or they could, you know, do, to me, do the smart thing and go ahead and try to get a deal done with him if possible – if both sides are amenable to it, I, I just uh, are you surprised that it's just now early February and we're already starting to get a little back and forth in the meeting? Uh, yeah, no, I'm surprised by that. I'm surprised that still there is nothing done uh, and no uh, talks have leaked out of anything that makes you think that like, it's getting closer. Now, I know that these things, the way they get done, it'll come out of nowhere and then all of a sudden, boom, uh, both sides are coming together and they're getting it done within a matter of hours. Uh now, with in terms of you know, it possibly getting ugly. Um, I don't know if you're Dak Prescott. That's kind of which way you think it. You should take it because that's. I mean, just follow the recent history. Ezekiel Elliott was like, "I'm not coming to training camp," and it worked out well for Ezekiel Elliott. Demarcus Lawrence is like, "Well, don't then leave me on this. I I won't get the surgery done," and it worked out pretty well for for him as well. So playing hardball seems to work and. Um, the Cowboys obviously want Dak Prescott and he's just at a position that, uh, you know, what, what are your alternatives? You know, you just, you're going to go out and sign Ryan Tannehill. Like, what are you about to do here that if, if you don't have him, uh, and not only that, it's just the fact that what if he does call, call a shot and what if he does not show up for off season work? I mean, you have a new head coach, a new coaching staff, like you want your most important player to be part of all of this. And so, uh, Right now, I mean, he has all the leverage as far as I'm concerned. Um, and, and and he's in a great position, too, because nobody really knows what he's asking for, or what his team is asking for. I mean, if that number got out there, I remember uh, last summer they got out there that they were looking at 
uh, the Cowboys came with their offer, and then Dax people came back and said 40, and everybody just was like, no way, is that true? There's whatever, you know, and the longer this goes on, the more we're like, well, is that really that crazy of a number? And uh, I'll just say this real quick. Um, I do think it's interesting because of the fact of it's going to be another deal that gets done, and not everybody fan base-wise is going to be on board because there are so many Cowboys fans that don't think Dax should pay, be paid even like, 33 to 35 million what if he gets 37 38 and it's gonna it's not gonna be this celebratory oh wow i'm glad that we have him locked up it's gonna be like man we certainly put a lot of money into this guy and now we don't have a lot of money to sign other players now that's the business and that's what you got to do it's just going to be really interesting because it's not going to be a hundred percent celebration across the board amongst cowboys fans yeah and and i mean i feel like Dak has to kind of do some of these things by saying he won't go to OTAs. And if he doesn't go to OTAs, it's not the end of the world, honestly. Um, but, you know, it does affect the way they do things. It affects the way they look at the draft, even, if you're not going to you know, be serious about getting a deal done. I think I think everyone's going to calm down and, and a deal will get done. I don't know the number. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we end up – that Russell Wilson type category, which is going to make a lot of fans tremble in their boots. I totally understand that. But I really think that's where it's at. I, I don't think it, it it is that Wentz golf number. Because I think I think the, the deal might be, you know, I don't know, it's hard to know because it's not, a lot of the stuff haven't leaked out. But I think like you look at it, how much time has passed since Wentz and Goff signed their deal, where things are going. You know, if that 35 number is kind of Kind of something that I could see being an issue. Now, I think we've seen, though, with Dak talking last year about betting on himself and saying that, you know, publicly in interviews. Like, it kind of makes you go, okay, well, is is Dak's team – or is this stubborn negotiation on both sides, with Dak's team and with, with the Cowboys? You know, but without knowing what was offered, it's really hard to know. Um, because everyone – anyone can go to, to the media, too, and just uh, tell a bold-faced lie as well about what you offered, but you got to have him. There's no, there's no alternative. Um, the, the debates about how good he is are all fair, I think. But I mean, I, I think Dak has showed enough through four years consistently enough through 64 regular season games and uh, the three playoff games he's played in, I believe four playoff. Is it three playoff games? Yeah. Three playoff games that he's played in. I think he showed enough to go, okay, well, I'm comfortable paying him like a top, 12 to 15 quarterback in the league. Now, if you're not comfortable paying at the 12 to 15 quarterback in the league, then honestly, are you comfortable not being very competitive this year or next year? Because that's that's the question you have to ask yourself. And I just don't think the Cowboys are comfortable not being competitive. And I certainly think they view him as one of those top 10, 12 guys that you mentioned. I mean, and I agree with you. I, I do think that you, you pay him. I, I just... I, I'm, I'm not saying he's he's perfect. I'm not saying he's Russell Wilson. I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or any of those guys like that. But you know, he's he's in a position where you he's he's a good starting quarterback who I don't think that we've seen his ceiling yet. And I think you could do a lot worse if you try and go into that gamble of well, fine, then we'll just let him walk and then we'll draft another guy. Like that's that's a risky game to play. There's just you don't want to be doing that. And and frankly, I don't see the Cowboys doing that. If the Cowboys even thought of that as an idea, you wouldn't go and get Mike McCarthy as yeah. your head coach. You'd go get Lincoln Riley. You'd go get a younger guy. You bring in Mike McCarthy because you're trying to get it done right now. And if you're trying to get it done right now, 
there's not a better option out there right now than Dak Prescott. Now, next on my list, the number two most important free agent to this team, I have written down Amari Cooper for number two. What What is uh, number two on y'all's list? Is that Are you on, in step with me here? I am, yeah. He's, uh, it's Amari for me, Dak and Amari. Dak's one and Amari's 1A for me. So we all agree, number two, the most important free agent is Amari Cooper for the Cowboys. Unrestricted free mm-hmm. agent, I should, st- I should say. Let me pose this question. Do you feel more comfortable or less comfortable paying Dak with or without Amari Cooper? I know that's a weird question, and I gave you four options on how to answer it. But like, are you, do you feel like, oh, I need to pay the guy, but if I, I got to pay the guy this much if he if I have to have Amari Cooper with him? Or do you feel it, – it seems like it's such a – it's so important that Amari Cooper is on this team for Dak, and I don't know – how that affects your confidence. Because I know it'll be an argument against paying Dak. Well, you have to have Amari Cooper. Otherwise, you're probably not comfortable giving him that money. What does that say about him? But I just think, you know, it's so hard to find in this league these guys that complement each other the way these guys do. And I just think it's a no-brainer. I think these two have to get done. Uh, is that where you guys stand on this or what? Yeah, um, I agree on, on the Amari being two. And I agree that it – is better as a package. It makes Dak better having Amari Cooper. I won't say that you absolutely have to do both or there's no chance of success, but I will say if Amari Cooper isn't part of the future, then you better be using 17 on another wide receiver because we already saw what it looks like when they try and go this wide receiver by committee. And while I think Michael Gallup is going to have a good NFL career, I don't think he's at number one status yet. And so receiver without Amari Cooper becomes a significant need and I know this you know draft is deep in, at the position but I don't I think you need to get the best possible receiver that's available when you go on the clock at 17 if you don't have Amari Cooper uh, I don't think they want to do that I don't think they would have traded a first round pick if they thought they were only going to get a year and a half of him and the way how much better Dak looked immediately with him I just don't see any way that they don't look at it the same exact way that hey for us to get the most out of our franchise quarterback, who we do want to be here for the foreseeable future, um, it's the best that we keep this 25-year-old four-time Pro Bowler. I know that he, you know, he struggled with consistency, especially down the stretch, and and uh, he didn't play very well in the biggest game of the season at Philadelphia. Uh, but I, I, Amari Cooper, to me, is 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 definitely a top 10 wide receiver. He's one of the top 100 players in the NFL, and um, if you don't pay him, somebody else is gladly going to do that. Uh, I just I think I think you had they're almost a package deal. But if you want to let him go because you don't want to pay that, I guess, Odell Beckham type money for him, then you better be looking at maybe one of those Alabama receivers at 17. Is there a is there a number, John, that you would not feel comfortable with paying Amari? Is there a limit? Um, I mean, yeah, of course, there's a limit. I don't think that you're going to he doesn't need to become the highest paid wide receiver in football. Like, I I think he can be in that category. I don't think he needs to set the market like Ezekiel Elliott did at running back. And and I don't think Amari necessarily cares for that that much either. I think a guy that's like that um, would have voiced displeasure about his contract situation last year during the year. And even heck, even going into the Pro Bowl, the comments he made there. Uh, recently, uh, it just that's just typical Amari. Like that's not the end all be all to him. Um, so I, I think he deserves to be paid like one of the highest wide receivers. But I don't think he needs to reset the market. Here's a, a few unrestricted guys, Kevin, uh, that are wide receivers as well. 
um, AJ Green, Emmanuel Sanders, Devin Funches. Uh, we'll get to Randall Cobb here in a, in a, in a bit. Danny Amendola, Prashad Perryman, Demarius Thomas, Geronimo Allison. None of these guys are setting the world on fire. <laughs> I, I think you know, Amari's far and away the best free agent wide receiver. So, I mean, they've got they've got the advantage, I would think, to keep him. They absolutely do. And oh, look, the franchise uh, tag it, it could be an option. <laughs> we'll see. You know, that's the thing that, that'll come up in pretty much every conversation with these guys, too, is where you use the franchise tag. I want to just peek ahead because I do think it matters. And I do not think you could replace Amari Cooper's production immediately. But I do want to tell you guys here's what I have so far four first round graded wide receivers, four second round graded wide receivers. I have three, four, five, six, seven, eight third round graded wide receivers, six fourth round graded wide receivers. I have four, eight, 16. That's 22 wide receivers in the first four rounds. And there's a lot of teams who are like, uh, I've heard just, uh, just reading people talk about this. Obviously, we follow Prospects to Pros podcast and look at uh, Dane and follow him around a little bit too. But I, I think everyone's going, this is the most incredible wide receiver draft in terms of depth we've seen in a long time. And it feels like we say that a lot, but this is a really special draft. But we're talking about replacing high-end production if you let Amari Cooper walk. We're talking about replacing a legit, bona fide number one wide receiver, a guy worthy of trading the number 27 overall pick for. Like, so that's where I think you kind of you kind of try to go ahead and get it done. But if you don't, that does change their draft plans if, if they end up not being able to get something done there. You know, I, I would be interesting to see what they could get at 17. I mean, I think we're living in a world right now where three quarterbacks are going to go in the top 17. So you're going to get your pick at one of the 14 best position players in the draft. I mean, I think you could get you a pretty good contributor. But uh, it, look, this, this is this is going to be a situation. You wonder how much the Sammy Watkins deal might have affected the market a few years ago. When he signed at sixteen million a year, like Amari Cooper's going to get more than that. So, but you know, if if eighteen's the number and Dak's in at thirty-five, and then you figure and they do a good job with the guarantees, which they've done with a lot of these contracts, then I think you can feel pretty good about this. I think you feel reloaded. I think you get the new coaching staff, all that stuff. I think you feel pretty refreshed heading into the season, and then you can really focus on hammering out the defense in the draft and free agency. One receiver I forgot I to mention, Desmond Bryant is on the, the list too. Desmond DeMond Bryant, not yeah, Desmond Bryant. I mean, yeah, I don't see that happening. Love Des, but it's just time. You know? <laughs> I know. I just yeah, I don't see that happening either. We, we know he's uh, he's itching to come um, back, but and now that Jason Garrett's gone, you'd think it'd be more likely than it than it was previously when it was a zero percent chance. So I'd put it at a at a one one percent chance. I don't think Des Bryant isn't with the Cowboys right now because only Jason Garrett thought it was a good no, time. No, 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 ways. no, no, no. They the Cowboys don't do business like that. There, there, that there's more to that. Go on, sorry. No, no, you're right. You're right. Uh, well, you you talking about just the the tweets and the shots fired and all that stuff? Is that what you're talking about? Are you talking about me? Yeah, when you said the Cowboys don't do business like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, not with anybody though, not just they're not just going to get rid of a guy because Jason Garrett is tired of him or something like that. Especially a star type player, like not just I'm not even not even just let's say Des take Des, Des Bryant out of the equation. Just 
anybody on the team. Like sure. they're not going to part ways with a star player, one of their highest paid players, because Jason Garrett's like, I can't work with this guy anymore. They're like, uh, okay, well then we'll find another head coach who can. But when it becomes old for everybody and more, more people start getting on board, that's when you part ways with somebody. So um, I just, even without Jason Garrett being here, I just don't see that as being an, a realistic option. Okay, John, who's number three on your list? Most important Cowboys free agents to uh, retain. Well, hold on. Let me bring back up my list. I was looking up at I was looking up the names of fam- famous Oscars. So hold on. <laughs> um, I have. Hold on one second. I have a one Robert Quinn. All right, I am in step with you there. So let's uh, let's chop that up. Kent, is that who you had at number yes. three? Yes. Yep. That's exactly Gosh. who I had. Yep. Robert Quinn. I'm getting a, getting a real great minds think alike vibe here. Oh, that'll come to an oh, end yeah. soon. It absolutely will. Um, the, the Ray Ray Armstrong portion of this list. Um, I, I asked myself <laughs> when making this list, though, it, it was quite simple. Look at the roster. And then it was also quite simple to go, think about where that team would have been without Robert Quinn last year. And I, I got to be honest, I don't think that's an 8-8 eight and eight team without – did they finish 8-8? Eight eight? Yeah, they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I don't think that's an 8-8 eight and eight team without Robert Quinn last year. I think that team, you know, I, I, I just think he was a difference maker in so many of those games. Some of those games they ended up losing anyways. Need the speed element off the edge. I know he's not the best run defender. But him opposite of Tank Lawrence, I want to try to bring that back if I can. So I'm doing what I can to keep Robert Quinn here. I realize that might be a situation where a franchise – to me, Robert Quinn makes more sense to franchise than Dak or Amari Cooper does, just given his age. You know, given that he's going to be in his 30s. Like, that's a guy I want for just one year, and then maybe we can talk about moving on and go from there. So he's kind of my franchise tag candidate – uh, du jour. Um, so that's that's where I stand on Quinn. I, I'm, I'm, we all agree that it's very important that he's back here. I just don't know how this team's going to get pressure without him. Yeah, that that's my thinking too. And we know how this team has struggled to get pass rushers that that are effective. And and the way he came in here and stepped stepped right in and and was impactful immediately. I think he's only going to get better with an off season in this system. And yeah, you need that pressure. And you can't you can't trust this this team to be able to draft pressure players really. And so Robert Quinn seems like your best option there. I'm with you, KT. I'd be I'd be willing to to franchise him if needed. Yeah, the only way that you get a another player similar to Robert Quinn is if if he I mean if he leaves um, and you're not able to bring him back is basically with another move like it took to get Robert Quinn in some type of a trade because they're not going to have the money to, if they can't afford Robert Quinn, they're not going to be able to afford another top pass rusher in free agency. So forget about that. Um, and at 17, like you're the chances of you getting an, an, an immediate impact. And again, this goes back to hiring Mike McCarthy. It's not really gauged on winning five years from now. It's gauged on winning right now to get an instant impact pass rusher. Like those guys are not falling to 17. You're lucky if you, have an Aaron Donald who falls just outside the top 10, uh, much less the 17. So you can scratch that. So the only other way I can think of you coming about with that is just if the scheme change makes your defensive tackles more of pressure players than they have been, then maybe somehow Mike Nolan works out something that way. But that seems like a lot of ifs, Uh, you know. Robert Quinn on one side, Demarcus Lawrence on the other. It seems like your best chance to uh, get consistent pass rush. And, and I mean, obviously, that decision at three for me comes down to Robert Quinn and Byron Jones. And I and I, it shouldn't be this simple, but 
Robert Quinn just, to me, makes more game-changing type plays, or at least he did last year. And I'd like to have them both back, but, um, man, it's it's tough to find 11 and a half sacks. And, 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 and like you said, KT, like who knows where they would have been without him. Yeah, and, and this is – it's also like take him off and you go, okay, obviously they're going to have to do something in the drafted edge if he's not there or something like that. You know, I don't know if we're ready for Dorrance Armstrong to be your starting right defensive end. Or I don't know if you want, you know, let's say Kerry Hyder comes back. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Um, it's just it, – it becomes fairly dire. <laughs> um, you know, maybe Tyrone Crawford comes back. You know, we'll see if they go ahead and cut him or not. We'll, we'll see how that works out. But it becomes very dire if he's not on the roster. He feels so much better about the roster if those top three guys are back than you would if one of those guys is not back. And that takes us to number four, the fourth most important free agent to bring back. Let's go to Kent. Kent, who's on your list at number four? This might surprise you guys, but I've got Joe Looney in this spot because of his position flexibility, his reliability, and you can just trust the guy. And if Zach Mar- something happened to Zach Martin, something happens to your left guard, something happens to Travis Frederick, God forbid, again, you've got a guy that can step in there and potentially play an entire season for you without any drop-off, little to no drop-off. And, you know, veteran leadership, really great locker room guy, great with the media. And so, you know, I know there's players on here like a Byron Jones or maybe a Michael Bennett or a type guy like that who probably is a better player. But I just think Joe Looney's flexibility in the locker room really gives him an advantage here. And it's just a peace of mind thing for me. Go ahead, John. <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's early for me. I actually have it's Joe Looney at 13. Okay, for me, uh, I, I, have, I have Byron Jones at four. Okay, I had Byron Jones at four, too. Byron Jones was eight on my list. Oh, Well, man. I just don't think that they, they – I think they know that they aren't and can't bring him back because of the amount of money he's going to demand. And we made the point – the other week on the show about quarterback quarterbacks just aren't scared of Byron Jones and uh, not to say we're going to have a guy or, or trade for a guy or get a free agent that that is but I mean I'm, I'm just as comfortable with almost any other corner out there uh, in terms of getting getting picks and making impactful plays he just he's a solid cover corner but I, I don't think I don't think that's a super rarity in today's NFL It'll be interesting. Coming in hot. I like it. No, nah, no, nah, I do like this. This is almost like, uh, you know, when he goes off on kickers, except it's on Byron Jones. Um, <laughs> it is like that. <laughs> Only Maher. Nah, Only Maher. I guess what I would what I, I would say, and I guess I'm, I'm jumping, and I know we kind of go in order. I think the Cowboys internally are going to figure this out in the way they use their franchise tag. I think they will get Dak and Amari done, although I did think that last year too. I think they get that handled, and then I do think the decision on the franchise tag does kind of come down to Quinn and Byron. I think they've probably in their heads moved on from Byron. And this is where I think I'm jumping ahead. He's number six on my list is Anthony Brown. Anthony Brown was pretty good last year before he got hurt. And I think Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown, Cheeto, plus drafting a cornerback in the top three picks is way more likely than Byron. Exactly. Being back. Yes. I guess that's that's mm-hmm. um, that's my thinking. Would you agree do. with that, John? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I guess. I just 
I wouldn't rule out Byron taking somewhat of a team-friendly deal. I just I'm not I'm not as quick to completely shut the door on that. Like I really do legitimately think he loves playing in Dallas, and as long as they offer him something that is respectable, um, I don't think that he needs to be breaking the bank as one of the highest-paid corners. Obviously, if he is, then well, he's gone. That, that's pretty simple. But um, I don't know. I, I I think he really likes it here, so that's why I'm I do I think it's unlikely. I'm, I'm going to put it at a 15% chance, okay? And that might even be too high, but um, I'm not completely writing it off. Like, I don't see that happening just yet. Yeah, and I think I think it's where they, they're going to have to do some asset allocation here. And how comfortable are they with Cheeto? Yeah, Cheeto's going to be there. Stone rookie deal. Cheeto's going to be a starting cornerback for you next year. Jordan Lewis likely is going to be a starting cornerback for you next year. And, you know, whatever happens with Byron, we'll see. But I think if you can get Anthony Brown at a deal, like what's a what's a comfortable number for Anthony Brown? Can you get Anthony Brown at six million dollars? I don't know. I think there's a lot of teams in the league who are going to go. Well, this is a situation where I feel like I could probably get this guy and start him. I think I like his traits. He's not going to be my shutdown guy, but I'm comfortable paying him in that you know eight million dollar range nine ten million dollar range i mean richard sherman is much older but you know his contract is at nine million dollars um if you look at bradley roby who just signed a few years ago signed with the texans you know he's that ten million dollar range these guys are all better than anthony brown but i I do think that six to eight million dollar range is kind of where we're at when you kind of look at his scale i don't know if the cowboys are going to want to do that um, so I I think that's going to be interesting, and maybe I'm overvaluing Anthony Brown just a little bit. I just think teams are going to get so corner heavy when they lose guys. Um, I, I will take it back to the draft because I do that uh, sometimes. My cornerback situation is pretty good up top. I've got six cornerbacks graded in the top two rounds, so. I would tell you that I feel comfortable getting a cornerback in the first and second round. You start going to the third round, maybe we can get a guy in the 80s, you know, that you can help. I'm way less uh, confident in that. I think it's a decent cornerback draft. I do not think it is something where if you want to mess around and, oh, I think I can get a guy in the fourth round who can help me immediately. It's not one of those deals. So I think you need to have your top three corners you know, ready to go before you get to the draft. And if you get a chance to upgrade, that's a luxury situation. So I do think they sign one of Byron or uh, or Anthony Brown. I just I think it's going to be fascinating to see how everything plays out because we are to the point like we said we would get even before Dak's deal is done. We are already at that point with the roster going, well, his deal is going to affect that person. You can't keep everyone and all that, that whole conversation. You can't keep a lot of these guys. But it's going to get real tough if Byron's asking for $15 million like Xavier Howard, you know. Um, number five on my list, defensive tackle Malik Collins. I'm not far off. I got, I got, I got Malik at six. I got Randall Cobb actually at five. Okay. Um, and, and that's just because I think that his familiarity with Mike McCarthy and then obviously I just thought he was an, a good addition immediately. And, um, I really felt like he was their best receiver in the most important game of the season, and that was in Philadelphia. And I just think that there's 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 definitely tread left on that tire. And I don't think that you need 
to break the bank to keep him. I think he wants to be here. I mean, when we were talking to the assistant coaches the other day, you know, he was one of the guys that he was he was around the facility. I mean, he certainly wasn't acting like he was an unrestricted free agent about to leave. So uh, um, I think that they have a good shot at keeping him. I think he wants to be here. Uh, and I just th- I think he's an important piece because we, you get Amari, him, Gallup. I think, I think you're in really good shape to, you know, continue on building on what you did offensively last year in Cal Moore's first year as offensive coordinator. Yeah, I was going to say my uh, – I, I had Randall Cobb at six. I did too. So we're not far off there. Well, I had him at uh, seven. John. Sorry. I had Cobb at seven. So we're all in the same range there for Cobb. What makes Cobb, first of all, so important to that locker room last year, number one, and I think you're right. He was very clutch too. If you look at production in games where they were down by seven points, Randall Cobb was a top ten wide receiver in football when his team was down by seven. So he was a very clutch player last year. The thing that gives me a little pause is replaceability, and I think sometimes you have to look at that. And I think if you do trust your front office and your scouts a little bit, I think you do have to look at how replaceable is a player. And I think what's coming up in the draft gives you way more options to replace a Randall Cobb than you could replace Malik Collins, who's a starting defensive tackle on this team, all right? You think about defensive tackle and what that is right now without Malik Collins, there's a little bit of you that goes, "Uh uh-oh, Antoine Woods, okay, Christian Covington maybe might be back. You know, Kerry Hyder can play inside sometimes. I don't know know if we're going to cut Tyrone Crawford or not. Okay, yeah, we're going to need to add someone in the draft. Uh, At 17, Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina, you're going to see his name pop up over the next couple months a ton. I think he makes a lot of sense. There has been some whispers about a knee situation there. We'll keep track tracking that. But I think he is a very good option for them at 17 to come in and be an interior pass rusher, make up for the pressures that Malik Collins gave you, you know, if Malik Collins was already go away. After that, man, I think it gets real dangerous. I mean, defensive tackle, there's some defensive tackles down the line there a little bit. They're going to be interesting in the draft. But I just think this team is – in a bad spot on their defensive line if they don't find a way to keep someone. That being said, how much are you willing to pay Malik Collins? Me? Probably not what he's going to command. I've also heard rumors that uh, he's very uh, – that he would he, he would really liked his – had a good relationship with Rod Marinelli. So kind of follow that train, and you could see Malik Collins playing for Las Vegas next year uh, if, if you want to buy into that and go down that road. But – you know, Malik Collins is one of those guys, like, if you did a little more, hey, man, you're going to get paid top of the line type situation. And, you know, I, I, I it, it makes for a weak roster spot at defensive tackle when he leaves, but I also don't see how you can really keep him. Well, we're going to find out real quick about how they value defensive tackle and if it's any different than what they did uh, under Rod Marinelli. If this new coaching staff, uh, you know, Maybe they have more value if they do than, like you said, like Kinlaw, if he fell to 17, that would be interesting. Um, you know, I, I guess the way I look at it is, you know, I, I think De, I think Demarcus Lawrence is still is, is in a very elite player. I know he didn't have the big sack numbers, and so uh, fans rip him for that. But I still think he's a very elite edge rusher. And if I can get a decent edge rusher on the opposite side of him, I'm fine with my defensive tackles just being able to hold up against the run and just be being solid. I mean, when the, when the Cowboys defense did that, I thought that they were they were pretty damn good. And they really haven't gotten a significant amount of pressure from the defensive tackle spot since like what, 2011 with like Jason Hatcher. So 
if they can just be stout against the run in the middle, I can get by with that. I'm fine with that because they were they were not that good at it last year. But again, if you're not bringing back Robert Quinn and you don't have that pressure player on the other side, then you better get some pressure up the middle. And so then that's where it becomes a problem. And Malik Collins has shown the ability to get some pressure up the middle. Um, but yeah, again, it, and it's it's funny because we're talking about like you know defensive backs, defensive tackle, defensive end, like you know not to jump too far ahead, but. Everything about that just screams to me like these first couple picks need to be on defense. And I know they don't draft like that, but it's like, well, I just, I, I, as great as another offensive lineman is, like, I can't do another one of these third round pick, this offensive tackle. He can be the next Tyron Smith replacement. Like, I just can't do that right now. If you're trying to win right now, the, it's so glaring how many upgrades are needed on defense that it just, what defensive tackle, defensive end, safety, corner, address that in, in multiple rounds. I agree, and I would say, is it bad that three minutes ago when I was kind of running down the, what the roster looks like on, at defensive tackle that I didn't mention Tristan Hill because it just escaped the mind? It's exactly what I was going to just bring up. I was like, are we, are, is Chris, Tristan Hill ever going to be on the field? I mean, it's a second-round pick that didn't play at all last well, season pretty much. The one thing I'll say is he was a super young kid. So maybe, you know, you get an off season to find out what the NFL is like, where his body needs to get into shape, all that stuff. We'll see what that what that's like. But I don't feel like they have some like – just because he was a second-round pick, I don't feel like they're tied to him. I mean, I think it's compete for a roster spot type situation. I don't think, I don't think they'll have a problem ripping the Band-Aid off if he's not in shape or not motivated or not ready to go. I want to dangle a name just because I think it's fun to dangle names for our listeners as you know free agency comes about in a month. Keep it on Mike Daniels, um, who was in Detroit last year. He only played nine games. He was hurt for seven games. And look, he only played like 18% of their snaps. But again, a guy who's got a history with Mike McCarthy – uh, a guy who was a you know in his prime, a Pro Bowl caliber player with Mike McCarthy, he's had a you know, trouble getting on the field recently. But that's that that reeks of a move the Cowboys would try to make a, a buy low you know situation, and hope that you can get something, hope that you can get some snaps out of a guy. I think Mike Daniels could be a guy who is about thirty, I believe, is is where we're at on his age. I mean, I think he's a, a guy who would make a lot of sense to bring in. And, and again, not to game change or anything. He's not – I just think he's a guy who could help. And I think that's something that they're going to need. They're going to need to add bodies. And um, and that's a guy I think that, that's important. But I think we all feel – if we're all voting, I think we all go, yeah, it's more than likely than not that Malik Collins is not here next year. Um, number six on my list, guys, was Anthony Brown. Since we've already talked about him, let's, who was number six on y'all's list again, just to, as a refresher? Mine was Randall Cobb. I had Malik Collins. Okay, there we go. Number seven, mine is Randall Cobb. Uh, Kent, who's on yours? Got another shocker, guys. Oh, buckle up! I like this kicker, Kai Forbath. I want to keep him around. Super solid. Kickers are hard to find, so I'm willing to take take Kai Forbath into camp, and hopefully, he's the guy. I'm not. I'm not trying to play games of special teams next year. We saw how that bit this team in the butt last season, and and I'm hoping with Fossil involved that that he can uh, improve things. But yeah, Kyle, Kai Forbath was everything you wanted him to be when he came in, and it was about as solid as as solid could be. So I'm trying to keep that train going into next season. 
every three man posse has uh, they all they have established roles. They have the looks, the brains, and the wild card. I think it's clear that I'm the looks. John is the brains, and Kent is the wild card. Here. I am. He didn't ever know what's going to happen on his list right there. Kai Forbath coming in at number seven. Hey, man, you try to mix things up a little bit. I knew this. I knew you weren't going to have Joe Looney at four, so I had to had to throw a little wrench in it. Yeah, it'd be boring if, if we were all agreeing on all this stuff. Exactly. Uh, John, who is your uh, – before we talk about Forbath for a minute, who is your number seven? I have Anthony Brown there. Um, okay. Yeah, I have Kai, Kai Forbath down at 14. Um, I, I agree that kickers are – they don't just grow on trees, um, but I just see this offseason being very similar to what it was, I believe, in 2011, where actually Kai Forbath was part of that group, and that they brought in Dan Bailey, and they had a couple other veteran kickers, and it was kind of a uh, whoever wins the job throughout camp. Um, there'll definitely be guys that don't get drafted that will uh, jump at the chance to sign with the Cowboys after the draft to have a chance to compete to be their uh, kicker during the season. I think you could find maybe I'm not saying you're going to find another Dan Bailey, but you can find an accurate kicker there. Uh, I'm not I'm not concerned about that position. Let's go to number eight on everyone's list. So we'll start with you, John. Who's number eight on your list? I have Sean Lee, Our Cowboys' most important <laughs> free agent. I have, I have Sean Lee. That might Sean be a little high for you guys, Lee. but I I, yeah, I like the yeah. uh, I, I just there's the behind the scenes stuff, the the leadership there that. I don't. I don't think a lot of people see, and and I thought he played some of his best ball down the stretch. When I man, I there really weren't many guys in that defense that I felt were playing well, and uh, I really felt like. And again, it's kind of like the Randall Cobb thing too. Uh, I agree with you that uh, KT that they could get receivers in the draft, uh, but again, if it's win now, right now, um, I don't have time to to bring on another guy. And if Jason Witten uh, is gone. Like it seems like that that's going to be the case. Then I, I need another veteran out there with with Randall Cobb, and then the same thing with if if Leighton isn't all the way back, or if if Jalen suffers a setback or something like that. I want a proven guy that that can come in there and be the leader on that defense. And uh, I also don't think it's going to cost very much to keep him. So uh, that's another factor in it. Yeah, for me, I have Sean Lee as my eighth, so we're pretty close right there uh, in number. Wait, we're at number. Yeah, yeah, Sean Lee's number eight for me. So. Um, I, I want him back. I don't know how you wouldn't want him around Jalen and Leighton Van Der Esch as they continue to kind of grow through their careers. And, and what you said about, you know, Van Der Esch too, like his injury concerns are still going to be there. And I think that's a pretty good insurance policy to have Sean Lee there for year 10 as a Dallas Cowboy. So he's, a, I had someone ahead of him, but yes, I totally uh, think it's important that he's back. I, I guess he was, I'm sorry, he was nine on my list. Sean Lee was. Uh, Kent, what about you? Sean, Sean Lee was 11 on my list. Number eight for me was Byron Jones. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And Anthony Brown, Anthony Brown was nine. Malik Collins was 10. So we've already talked about those guys. All right, who's 11? Sean Lee. Okay. So yeah, look. Sean Lee will also come back for, and not cost you anything. Right. <laughs> I, I feel like for what you what, what you're going to get for him for you know very little pay. I mean, I, I would hate to see. I would. I would hate to and see. And he's not going to hopefully not going to play that much, yeah. JT. And so that that has to that has to do with. That. I mean, he's a he's a great guy to have, but not a starter. You know, at this point and. And I'm willing to I'm willing to have him back for exactly the reasons John said, but for the right price. And say you do start adding some wrinkles to your defense, some three four looks and things like that every once in a while. You know, there you go. I couldn't think of anyone that you'd want 
around to help with adjustments, learning curve. Just, you know, it's just important. I, John said it, it's the stuff no one sees that's the most important thing. And it feels like we're talking about a lunch bill guy, but we're not. We're talking about a guy who's a pretty damn good football player um, when he's able to be out there. I, I just uh, – I think he's out there. I think, I think he comes back, and I think he doesn't cost you anything. I think it's a no-brainer. The guy I had ranked ahead of him, though, on mine, this is my number eight. What, and it's not likely. We all know that he won't be back, but Michael Bennett. Because, again, kind of what we were talking about with how dire the defensive line, our defensive tackle group looks. Because uh, still, he showed that he could still play a little bit. And that kind of makes you go, oh, okay. But, yeah, I think we all kind of know that he probably won't be back. At least I feel that way. Do you guys think there's a chance Michael Bennett's back? I don't. I think there's a chance that Michael Bennett doesn't play any more football. I think he might be done. I think that's why he wanted to get out of that uh, two-year deal that he had when uh, – he got traded to the Cowboys is because he wanted to go into this offseason and think things over. And so there's a chance he comes back, but I don't think it's any more than 50 50 uh, that he'll even play football uh, again, or at least this upcoming season, much less with the Cowboys. I do have Michael Bennett at 10 on my list. Um, at nine, though, and I know you guys are probably not going to like this, but nine, I actually have Jason Witten. And when I say that, it's because um, it's with the belief that because there's a new coaching staff that he wouldn't be in the same role that he's had recently he would be taking on a on a lesser role um but my thinking on that is again i, I like i factor in with all these is price i don't think he's going to cost very much and uh i think he beats whatever your alternative is and when i say that it's because again i just have a heavy focus in this offseason whether it be through free agency trades this draft on upgrading this defense i don't want to be spending money on my on my tight ends and so if jason witten is gone then you have schultz and blake jarwin and i know everyone thinks blake jarwin is the next coming of tony gonzalez but he's not and they're going to have to address tight end if they don't have jason witten and i just think for what it'll cost them I think they're that they might be better off with him than without him. Michael Bennett was number twelve on my list, so just below Sean Lee, and it, and he's he would be a top ten, but yeah, his current his current contract is is uh, the money that he demanded before was was quite extravagant for for my taste, and I just don't think he's a likely possibility. So that's why I have him so far down the list. <laughs> 14 for Jason Witten on my list, a little further down. Um, Witten is 13 on mine, actually. So yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Go. I think you know, there's a few names that I think we should probably get our, get our heads on. Um, and I'm, I'm going to play the former Packer card first with Richard Rodgers. Uh, but he's a guy who can block a little bit, give you a little something not exciting, you know. I mean, if, if you're anything, we're talking about Jason. Uh, we're talking about, you know, Jarwin being your starting tight end most likely. I'm interested to see how much Eric Ebron would get on the open market. He can still block a little bit as well. I know. I, mean, I want no part of that. Zero, absolutely. You're going to go former Packer. I'm going. I'm going former Lions. You don't want any part of Eric Ebron <laughs> at all. The stuff I've heard about him in Detroit yeah, and Indy. In, in, again, Indy. Indy. Oh my I, God. I produced the one percent no, better podcast, and that's all they talk about is how disappointing Eric Ebron has been. But what about Jimmy Graham? Does that do anything for you? Um. Get him, KT. Not really. Jimmy Graham, I think you'd have a little bit of the same issues you had with Witten and Jimmy Graham. Maybe Jimmy Graham's a little more dynamic than Witten at this stage in his career. Granny should be because he's five years younger than him, right? Maybe three years younger than him. Um, but I I don't know if that – I don't know. I mean, there, you have some questions about Jimmy Graham of 
man, it feels like he just wants to f- go fly a plane all the time. <laughs> if you go follow him on Instagram or whatever. A lot of drops from Jimmy Graham. Yeah, I think you'd be better off just bringing your guy back if you're going to do something like that. Now, I'm going to say yeah. a name that's... Does, does Jerry bring his guy back just just to keep uh, Jason Witten out of a Giants uniform for his final year or two in the NFL? <laughs> one of those things just just get him out of get him away from garrett and the nfc that would kill jerry to see jason wittens i think wins on mccarthy i don't think jerry will have a say uh, much of a say in that at all if mike mccarthy wants him back he'll be back if mike mccarthy wants to go another direction the coaching staff wants to add another player or do something like that uh then uh or just to shake things up uh then maybe they'll go another. i don't think uh jerry's gonna force his hand in that because if he if he would i think jason would already be back and it would be done and everybody would know that he was playing another year with the cowboys but because there's this kind of like in limbo uh it makes me think that they're leaving it up to mccarthy good point i want to throw out a name that we bring up probably every year and i'll be honest witten would be an upgrade over him most likely i mean witten if you look at last year he had 63 catches he had four touchdowns but for the first time in his career, Tyler Eifert played 16 games. I know we bring that name up, it seems like, every year in Cowboys free agency. But he had 43 catches, three touchdowns, did play, to full, play a full year for a really bad offense. Maybe he gives you a step more than Witten can. Or maybe he can maybe block a little bit better than Witten. Someone I would be interested in on the cheap. And again, we're bargaining. That makes a lot of sense. That's uh, Zach Martin's brother-in-law. Zach Martin's married to Tyler Eifert's sister. I could totally see something like that happen. I, yes. that, that that name makes a ton of sense. You, uh, some of the other ones like Richard Rogers, Eric Ebron. I have no interest in that. Jimmy Graham, none. But Tyler Eifert makes a lot of sense. What about Greg Olson? New um, <laughs> situation in uh, Carolina. We'll see how they want to handle that with with Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Any interest in um, in your guy Greg Olson? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if he is coming for a cheap price, I don't see him necessarily doing that. So, um, but yeah, if the price was right, yeah, I definitely think that there's there's something left there. Uh, yeah, no, that would interest me. But I don't know. I think he's going to have other interests from other teams, and um, I don't I don't know. I, I don't see that happening, but. Yeah, that would interest me if that's on the table. Kim, before we move on, can I tell you guys what I have so far from a draft standpoint at tight end? I have no first-round grades at tight end. I have four second-round grades in t- at tight end. Uh, Cole Komet from – Komet's not a first-rounder, do you? He's a two for me. Oh, I gotcha. He's a okay. top of two for me. Cole Komet, Adam Troutman of Dayton, Hunter Bryant of Washington, Jared Pinkney of Vanderbilt – and then you have Bryson Hopkins from Purdue. You know, maybe I got some guys on day three that might have some upside that that you could take a look at. But yeah, that's kind of where I stand there on on those guys. So yeah, I don't know. If, I don't. And, and look again. I think John said it best earlier. Look, they're glaring needs on defense. That's that needs to be what they look at. But I, I wouldn't. Be, it would kill me if Witten was back. And I don't know. Maybe in this new new regime with Mike McCarthy, maybe if Witten's back, he's not your starting tight end all the time. Maybe he's not on the field all the time. So, you know, that's kind of that's kind of where I stand on that. But I am more than prepared to have Blake Jarwin be my starting tight end. You can find a third tight end and a fourth tight end easy. You can get those guys anywhere. Um, next for me on my list, and I believe we're at number. Are we at number eleven now? 13 to I believe, yes. Yeah, it's kind of easy to lose track here. For me, it's uh, Kerry Hyder. Divots of lineman, Kerry Hyder. 
and then you can tell we're we're now getting to the to the uh, to the scrap heap here. But Kerry Hyder's ability to play defensive end and defensive tackle. I mean, as of right now, this does appear like a defensive line group that until after the draft we're going to be going, or at least until we get to the draft, we're going. Well, this defensive line group is not complete. A guy who can offer offers a little bit of both. Um, I, I that's a guy who I have, and I think uh, there's still something there he can help you out in, in terms of an injury and. You know, I don't know what they're going to do with Tyrone Crawford's contract. I mean, I can easily see them doing the Sean Lee last year where he takes a pay cut to return. But Kerry Hyder offering, you know, the the ability to play both positions, I think is huge. Yeah, Tyrone Crawford's real close with, with Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, um, those guys are really good friends. I could, I could see that happening for sure where he takes a little bit less money to stay. Um, and he just, I mean, he obviously is very familiar with, with the – the team he's been here his entire career um so yeah no i, I could see that happen i actually expect tyron crawford um to be back and uh, to contribute i don't know in what role how, how they'll be using him but i expect him to be in the mix and i and i do think when they lost him i think that factored in, in into some leadership problems there because you know he had been a guy that he had been one of those leaders there it's it's tough to do that though when you're not really playing and then obviously he had to have the hip surgeries so um, yeah, no, having him back, uh, I, I expect that. I, I have Kerry Hyder at 15, but, I mean, we're at the point now where, like, what I have at 11, 12, 13, like, I can interchange any of those guys, you know. Yeah. Um, me, personally, I have uh, Jeff Heath at 11, and it's not because of defense. It's because this special teams needs to be upgraded, and obviously getting John Fossil helps a lot. I think Jeff Heath is a good special teams player who can help out at safety if need be. Um, behind somebody else after you address the position. And again, like like I said about Witten, like I said about Sean Lee, like I said about Randall Cobb, I don't think it's going to cost you very much, but um, the special team just has to be better. It, I mean, you don't have to be the best special teams, but it'd be nice to be middle of the pack. You can't be the dumpster fire it was last year, and I actually think he's one of the bright spots they have on special teams. Yeah, I have Jeff Heath at tw- uh, 12, so we're, we're right in that same area. Um Right there. And by, well, let me get this out there real quick. So I, I, I did do the math wrong. Number 11 for me is Christian Covington at DT. Um, so, obviously, you can see I'm kind of putting a premium on trying to keep this defensive line, at least have bodies on this defensive line. I'm not trying to keep the defensive line, but have bodies on this defensive line. Christian Covington, then Jeff Heath at 12 for me. Uh, Kent, who do you have at number 12? My 11 was Sean Lee. Followed by Michael Bennett, Jason Witten, Jeff Heath at fourteen, and yeah, I think those are the those are the only guys we've talked about so far. I had Covington at eighteen, KT. Okay, so a little bit further down, but yeah, a couple a couple of linemen in there, and and Antoine Woods. I have a little of have a seventeen ahead of of Covington, but. So my next three we've talked about. So I'll let you guys kind of reveal your 13, 14, and 15 after I reveal mine. 13, Joe Looney for me. Kent, you hit on that earlier. You know, his importance, I think you, you nailed it on why it is important that he's around. Jason Witten at 14, and then Kai Forbath I had at 15 uh, ahead, of, ahead of some other guys. So those are my 13, 14, 15. Who do you guys uh, have at 13, 14, 15? Uh, I go Looney, Kai Forbath, Kerry Hyder. So we're all kind of there, yeah. All right. Kent? Oh, 13, 14, 15 was Witten, Heath, and uh, Cam Fleming. I had a 15. And right right below him, Suofilo. Uh, those those flex positions on the offensive line have just been really important lately with this team. Uh, you know, we like to talk about 
how solid this offensive line has been. They've just been so banged up the past few years. And these guys have been in the system. They know, I mean, they've, they've been pretty reliable. They're not Chaz Green, you know. So I'm willing to give it another go with some of these guys, but I, I'm not going to be upset at all if they if they don't hold on to them. Different coaching staff, different philosophy, that whole thing. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of my mentality there. I probably have him ranked a little high, 16 on my list. Is CJ Goodwin the cornerback? Now I'm asking questions that we have with Byron, with Anthony Brown. What happens there? But I think what John was saying, kind of about Jeff Heath and special teams. If you're making a commitment to really improving on special teams, I think CJ Goodwin being on there on your special teams is a big part of that. So I have him at 16. I would love to keep him on the roster for cheap if if we could possibly do that. Yeah. Um, one thing on the Cam Fleming thing, I believe he's a. Uh, uh, restricted, so I think they do have control on him. Uh, okay, because I because that's, that's my li- error of my list. Then yeah, but everything you said about him, I 100 percent agree with. I mean, especially with Tyron, it's like four years now in a row where it's like mm-hmm. he's missing three games. You need a you need an adequate guy that can step in there and and, and play. I mean, you have to have a good swing tackle um, right now, and and obviously mm-hmm. uh, I expect him to be back. So yeah, no, I I agree with that. Um, I have I have CJ Goodwin, Joe Thomas, and Tavon Austin are my next three. Okay, I and Tavon I, Austin, I, I, I I'm I'm open to whatever you get, way you want to go on that because especially I know KT when you talk about how deep the draft is. I mean, hey, this sounds like a great draft to just <laughs> take some random flyers in the seventh round on on some wide receivers because hey, maybe you get a guy that uh, has got like a speed option that can maybe do some of the stuff. Not as good, obviously, as as Hardman is for for the for the uh, Chiefs, but somebody that you know like maybe add some speed and you can use them in, in some sub packages and things like that. No, I, tr- but, sorry, I truly <laughs> believe this is a draft where. If you have a pick in the fifth round, you can get a, a good player. Now, whether that means he starts, or he starts, that's very unlikely, but someone who can help you. Cowboys have two fifth-round picks, and I'm, I'm in, out there going, man, I, I think they've got a chance to, to help themselves because I just think these wide receivers are going to fall down the board by virtue of the depth of their position. It, on the list, though, I, I had the same list you had right there, Joe Thomas and then Tavon Austin. Uh, after C.J. Goodwin. Joe Thomas, for obvious reasons. And, you know, maybe it's a question of him and maybe he's competing with a guy like Justin March again, you know. Um, But if I have Jalen, I I just view – I'm viewing Leighton Van Der Esch. And if I'm irresponsible here, you guys can tell me, hey, that's that's reckless, KT. But I'm viewing Leighton Van Der Esch as like a half a roster spot next year because I, I have to have a backup plan in case something happens. I, I mean, I'm worried about the neck, and I know everyone says it's fine and all that stuff, but that's just one of the one of the injuries you don't mess around with, and I'm highly concerned about that. And I think much like you used to make sacrifices on your roster to make sure that you had something in place in case Sean Lee went down. You need to have the same type of thing going on in your linebacker position group in case Leighton Van Der Esch goes down. So I have Joe Thomas and Tavon Austin in, in that order uh, as well. I will say this. Um, you know, for as much as some of these recent drafts, particularly on the defensive line, have been criticized, uh, linebacker is one thing that they have drafted well. I mean, whether you talk about Leighton or Jalen Smith, but even, you know, Damian Wilson and, and, and Anthony Hitchens, obviously those guys were key members on that Chiefs defense. Like they've, they've drafted well 
at fine and they found ways to find linebackers that aren't in the first three rounds too so um you know maybe maybe in the fourth or fifth because i'll tell you what um not to get too far off topic but everybody should check out uh dame brugler's uh recent mock draft because uh me personally i know i'm biased but i just think dane's the best in the business at this and he just has some very intriguing scenarios there and, and one of which being the cowboys trading back and getting extra picks and uh and i know people will hate that um because it's just like you want to draft as soon as possible and then especially after last year not having a first round pick um but man if you can move back a handful of spots and, and grab some extra picks throughout this draft i am all about that yeah we uh we did a podcast on that on prospects the pros today reviewing that mock draft and Dane broke down that why that is why he chose that for the Cowboys and what their mentality might be very aptly uh, so check that out on uh, on the athletic prospects to pros Ken uh, who did you have at 8, 17 and 18 I had Antoine Woods and Christian Covington is Wood- at 17 and 18 John is Woods he's another guy is he he's restricted am I right is he restricted as well yeah, he's restricted. I I expect him him to be back as well. I know there could be there's been some debate about, you know, Mike McCarthy wanting to get in some bigger, you know, defensive tackles and things like that, but um, you know, I think I think that Woods going to have a chance to to make it. I don't know if he'll have a role that's quite as big as he did previously, but he is restricted. I I could see them keeping him around. So Covington and then I had CJ Goodwin at at 19 and Joe Thomas at 20. So some guys that you already touched on i actually have Tavon austin at 21 i just i mean this guy you know very high pick back in the day but i think the Tavon austin experiment needs to be needs to be over at least for the dallas cowboys maybe some other team finds a way to use them effectively but it could never happen with Dak. it just you know he made a couple big plays here and there yeah but overall i don't think i'm not wasting a, a roster spot on him when I can get a young guy in here that can that can be productive for years and years to come. So the, that's the my lo- thought there with uh, with Austin. The locker room element significantly outweighs what he brings you on the field. And generally, yeah, yeah, I can't stay healthy either. He was hurt like yeah a lot. So. G- generally, that's a a bad idea to have too many of those situations where you're getting a guy mainly because of his you know what he brings in the locker in the locker room and I'm not taking shots at his play on the field I just think wide receiver is so replaceable this year and if I need a fourth wide receiver not to mention that we still have Cedric Wilson in the in the tank there who can maybe keep, continue to develop a little bit or whatever but like I, I just think you can get a guy in the fourth round you have two picks in the fifth round I think you can get a guy to come in and play that role that Tavon Austin role and I, and I, I would want them to, to look at uh, that way um, we'll kind of zoom through it here as we're kind of kind of getting close uh, towards wrapping it up. I'm just going to throw out some names as my list kind of goes to an end here. Uh, Malcolm Smith, I liked what he brought at the end of the year, and I know I'm not I'm, I'm not overrating uh, two games. I'm, I'm really not. He was a guy who I think it was a lot of people around the league were kind of shocked that he didn't have a job. Um, but if you need that guy, and you are potentially talking about. You know, giving some different looks. Another linebacker body, um, but again, we're, we are scrap heaping here. Darian Thompson at safety. I mean, I, I, I kind of like Darian Thompson for what he is, which is going to be a borderline minimum wage type player who provides safety depth. I've got him, you know, on this list ahead of Kayvon Frazier, who I think's day, days in as a Cowboy are probably over. 
Um, you guys have any problem with those guys or have those guys on your list? I'm sure they're we're all kind of towards the bottom of our list anyways. I have Frazier slightly ahead of, of Malcolm Smith just because I think I've seen more from him. Sure. And, and he does have that special teams, I don't know, uh, thump, if you will. You know, yeah. uh, he, He's certainly a guy who made a lot of big plays on special teams in terms of uh, kickoff coverage, things like that. So, so yeah, that's why I have Frazier uh, ahead of him. Yeah, I have Frazier slightly ahead, too. Uh, and then uh, Malcolm Smith, Darian Thompson. The one thing about Malcolm Smith, I just wonder a little bit, is that he was made such a fast impact because of the fact that he's a good player and that he'd fit into any system, or was it because he knew Chris Richard's system and exactly what you know he wanted and so it was like you know he knew that he knew the defensive packages like the back of his hand because of what they did in seattle together he obviously is you know made some big plays in, in you know super bowl so he obviously is a guy that can contribute like that it just it's so weird that we just have so many question marks about this defense right now because nobody has given us any straight answers of exactly what they're going to be so I, I mean if they're not adding anybody in the draft I, I i certainly think you can do a lot worse than, than bringing back mel smith especially because it probably won't cost you very much but it was pretty eye-opening how much of an impact he made immediately 21 for me and i reserve the right to move him up on the list if we find out that uh, connor mcgovern's move is still hurt or i mean his peck is still hurt uh xavier suafilo <laughs> i told you we're scrap heaping here yeah, just finish out your list. Just go through your last five. Okay, Xavier Suofilo, uh, LP, Latisur. Right. I mean, can you really not? You have to put a value on him not messing up a snap ever. Uh, Justin March, the linebacker, Kayvon Frazier, and then Ray Ray Armstrong. Yeah, I'm right there. I, I, I My final five are Darian Thompson, Suofilo, March, LP, and then Ray Ray Armstrong. And, and you really... Uh, you could have LP at 20. Uh, you could have him at 25. It's all about how you value the position. Um, but, I, I, you know, I always factor in what I think it'll cost, too, and I just don't think that, uh, you know, it's going to cost much to keep him. He's very familiar with the area. He's very familiar with the team. He's been here forever. So uh, I would think as long as they want to have him back, he'll be back. He'll be here as long as he wants to be here. Absolutely. Does, does LP's penalty count as a missed snap? Yeah, at Washington, yeah. Remember when he had that penalty for moving the ball or whatever it was? <laughs> I kid uh, a little bit, but but yeah, I mean, I feel like you can find another long snapper that's not 47 or however old LP is these days. But yeah, it, it's a peace of mind thing. If they want to bring him back, I'm not going to be upset about it. All right, so there it is. There's the 25 most important Cowboys unrestricted free agents, um, which... Look, we're a month away from free agency getting kind of fired up. So it's a, it actually comes pretty quick. I know February, you know, it's Super Bowl's over and everything happens, but February is kind of the down month for the NFL, it seems. But, you know, we'll see if the Dak Prescott rumors heat up. If anything crazy happens there, we'll be with you here on About Them Cowboys. If there's any coaching news or any big-time news, or if Jerry says something crazy, we'll be back with you on About Them Cowboys. Obviously, we'll be gearing up for the Combine coming up in two weeks, so uh, we'll have you covered there as well. So make sure that you're going to The Athletic and uh, you keep uh, checking in to About Them Cowboys wherever you listen to your podcast because we're going to be here for you covering America's team the way it deserves to be covered. Boom. There you go. Anything else I need to hit there, Kent? Uh, yeah, just like you said, we'll we'll have a lot of coverage at the combine as well. 
uh, John Mashoda and I will be out there. So, so stay tuned for that. Hopefully Mike McCarthy talks and, and we get, and we get a little walk off action, something like that to discuss, but, but yeah, between now and the combine, I guess just stay tuned to the feed, keep refreshing. You never know when there'll be an episode from us because it is the off season. But, you know, having said that, if anything big happens, we'll be the first, first people to talk about it. I just wanted to add real quick that, you know, it's going to be your typical Cowboys offseason in a sense that they're not going to be many, you know, major players in free agency. But, you know, last year this time, we didn't expect them to get Robert Quinn. We didn't expect them to, you know, sign Randall Cobb. You know, that doesn't mean that they aren't going to make moves that you're kind of like, oh, I didn't think that that was even going to be in play. So um, just because they're uh, it doesn't seem like anything big is on the horizon. You know, again, they hired Mike McCarthy to win right now. And so. Uh, you can't rule anything out and who knows what will be out there on the table in, in, in as you know, when I regards to trades and things like that. It's not necessarily just them spending big in free agency, which they won't do. But who's to say that there aren't a couple decent players like how Randall Cobb was last year that kind of slipped through the cracks and they aren't the guys that you have to invest in significantly. So, you know, they're not going to be getting any of the, the top, top guys from any other teams, but uh, there's still things worth keeping an eye on. That's for sure. All right, for Kent Garrison, who produced this thing, and obviously he'll be tracking the Oscars and the Academy Awards coming up on Sunday. Go Parasite. Uh, and the uh, Joe Looney unrestricted free agent status, too. Yeah, he's all over that. be tracking that. Beat as well. Hardcore. Uh, yes. For Father John Mashoda, I uh, John, are you covering the XFL game on Sunday? I am. I'm going to go out there and see what this thing's all, all right. about. Let me know. I'm pretty excited, actually. I'm a loser. No, I'm looking forward to seeing you write a piece I'll on be this out there. because yeah. I, I'm. Uh, I, I think it's interesting, uh, and hopefully the weather's nice. I think it's interesting. The the setting is going to be kind of awesome. I think it looks good, actually. In the, see, in the see Lance Dunbar uh, carry some carry some footballs in the end zone, maybe like old Hell times. Yeah, man. Hey, I saw him take it to the house a lot in my days at UNT. So. Yeah, that's what he's I'm saying. Yeah, he's back. He's home. got it in him. And then, uh, yeah, so I'll be looking for that piece uh, from uh, John Machado there on the Athletic. I am Kevin KT Turner, and we'll see you next time on About Them Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs>